I think just in a way into like thinking into these articles that we that we read it's like there's nothing necessarily moral or immoral about these signifiers like protests as such are not like automatically moral no. phenomenon because like like uh interestingly uh uh one of the articles we read today uh let me just get the name of it correct oh yeah the will not to know by Jack came out this week um and um he talks about a protest in in berlin it's actually interestingly uh me and will came across uh a few weeks ago yeah we were just crossing the street and we walked through this protest and we're like, is this a Black Lives Matter protest? No, it's not, because everyone looks fucking weird, and yeah. and they're all white, <laughs> and and it was a strange, uh, it was a very masks. strange smattering like, of types of people. You had like kind of uh, intimidating-looking possible neo-Nazi types mixed in with uh, the kind of New Agey dreadlocked type, and it was like, what is the unifying cause here? And then like like no sooner. Did we cross the street? Then we realized, like, oh, this is like a far right anti-COVID march protest. But then, like, that just brings me to my point, where it's like, if you were like, oh, I'm always in favor of all protests because protests are good, and then, and then, like, but then we get this shit, and 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 another time, I was in in Toronto, I came across a protest, and I thought it was a Black Lives Matter protest, and I started looking around, and it was like again a weird, really bizarre collection of people with like like anti anti mask anti lockdown signs so it's just well, yeah. like well it's a, and and it's an unfortunate it's an unfortunate sort of um circum i want to call it like a symbolic circumstance that it seems even in this conversation that the equation is black lives Ma- protesting is is black but it just it's sort of automatically assumed that it's a black lives matter protest because of it's sort of the domination of like I think this at least the media domination have, yeah. have has turned the Black Lives Matter movement into simply the protests that we see, but it's it's obviously it's it's beyond the protests that are in the street, and just as much as protesting is beyond Black Lives Matter, it's something it's actually an inalienable right. You know, we should be able yeah. we should have our right to yeah. protest, and and the thing is, just about anyone can protest. You know, but what we're seeing is the disparity is how these protesters yeah, are treated, yeah. right? We remember the, 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 the white yeah. people that stormed the Michigan, you know, uh, like what was it? It was some sort of building a parliament with like, with machine guns and they're like, and they're like pushing politicians around and yelling at them and like they get to sort of leave quietly. Yeah. Or not so quietly, but they get to leave without any fucking force. And we're like, we're, we're watching for months now violence between protest, you know, between Black Lives Matter protesters and police. Um, yeah. But I actually think it does apply to the two articles we read because uh, the will not to know um, it, it, there's at what what this, so this is an originally this is the article by Zizek from August 24th the will the will not to know and what he talks about here is the ontological catastrophe that's going on with COVID and and so just in gen, just to tie back you know tie in what we started started this off with is that. Like we're we're actually talking about 
the everyday experience, right? The sort of the, the necessary level of disavowal that our society, and I, I don't mean capital S society, but I mean like most people's everyday experience requires. It's a requisite that you sort of either forget or you will not to know or you disavow things that you know are going on. You know, for the for a long time now, it's been the ecological crisis. Uh, there's some there's some obviously drastic similarities between the ecological crisis and and COVID, but there is there are things that threaten us universally as people on planet Earth. You know, but uh, there is a a will not to know built yeah. in and baked in to the symbolic order, and the symbolic order, I will argue has been changed by the eruption of COVID. We will do everything to not know that it's changed. You know, that's, yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. And maybe, maybe as we are so, uh, so prone to, uh, uh, not doing, maybe we can, <laughs> maybe we can correct for that and say like, okay, hello, this is Zizek and so on. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll try and we'll try and do this one again. Uh, hi, I'm Peter. And I'm joined by. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm Jake. Hey, it's Will. Nice to nice to be talking nice to, talk to you guys. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, welcome back. And, to, uh, welcome back to Zizek and so on. Yeah, we we decided um, to not be. Uh, well, we decided to to approach the COVID situation, um, we're, and we're I guess we're a bit late, but but it's funny that it seems late. The COVID crisis yeah. sweeps the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> currently currently in month in month eight of the crisis uh and people i'm sure are still wondering when are they going to talk about that yeah well there's that but it's like it's also it's also funny how it seems late to talk about right like like yeah. it's old news yeah. right we, we already know what's happening uh and we decided to talk about uh well mainly the article by Jack that we've referred to a number of times that we'll not to know and also i um, a bit of supplementary support by uh, by uh, Matthew Fleisfeder, uh Social distancing and its discontents. It came out in May, but um, uh, I think it still has a lot of uh, kind of vital framing that we can that we can approach. You know, just 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 like just uh, preliminarily speaking, I, I have this this theory going with this with my friend, or not theory, but like a shared experience between her and me that like anything from pre-COVID. Like any sort of like, especially nonfiction uh, things like podcasts or articles from like February 2020, they just you they're actually un, they've become unreadable. And this is what I mean. Like on a felt experiential level, the symbolic order has been shifted. Okay, it's it's actually been rejigged, changed, and maybe even blown the fuck up. So much so that, like, when you read stuff they before COVID, it seems, like, incredibly naive, right? Holy like, shit, Bernie Sanders is going to win this. <laughs> yeah, 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 that too. It's like, it's, like, it's like thinking about air travel, like, in November of 2001 compared to, to, to <laughs> August. Exactly, yeah. exactly, because there's an event. What's an event? You know, a Badouian, a Badouian? Bajuian, but you Bajuian an event, right? There's this uh, this eruption of like of of the real that I think like there's a before and after distinctly, and and so Matt's article, interestingly, it being in May, it's theoretical enough that it still applies to the situation in August heading into September, but but my sense of what's dated 
is is become so much more narrow like it's so so mm-hmm. portra- like um mm-hmm. contracted um anyway but yeah so so we have an article but i think it's interesting i think it's it, it like kind of returns as an interesting idea not in the not in the refusal to accept the oncoming crisis but but to the refusal to accept the ongoing crisis exactly right the, the potential done. that it still lurks as a as a phenomenon yeah. oh man exactly yeah i mean i was thinking about like where i'm going in the next couple months because i'm i'm kind of marooned here and i was thinking like is there going to be a resurgence in november like is that possible it doesn't it doesn't seem likely it doesn't that that doesn't seem very likely and then i realized like wait a second what context have i been living in this is a completely exceptional situation it would have been impossible to think of i mean it was impossible to think of beforehand and here i am think acting as if this the same normal still holds right um peter that's a that's a really that's a really good point because it's 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 the, the, the two like what I will say the difference between the early articles and the late articles is that there's there's a so the, maybe the difference between the, the article from Matt and the article from Slavoj is that there's this feeling that people are not yet ready to accept the new the new real so to speak and now there's you know eight months in it's like well as I've said earlier on the podcast like there's just you can't actually plead ignorance any longer you you just you simply can't right um millions of people have died we've got like tens of millions of people infected it's a fucking reality and it's changed a lot of things so now the 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 move is not is less like oh well, we just don't know we were caught off guard this is unprecedented perhaps the normal hasn't been changed you know remember remember early on it was like this thing might be gone in april the warm weather might the take warm care weather, of it yeah <laughs> yeah drink bleach but like now it's you know now we know in fact, now we know that we don't know. And, and, the, and what's so amazing is over and over and over again from, like, top epidemiologists, we're hearing that, like, we, do, like, we simply don't know. We, like, we really don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, yeah, and we, like, the information from the top epidemiologists uh, as well has, has changed so drastically so as to appear fucking, like, like, insanely contradictory as the information we heard from the very beginning. For example, with the masks. Yeah. But... Um, I just I just want to say just briefly for the sake of uh, of uh, accuracy, we're looking at eight hundred twenty thousand deaths. So it's still a lot, but it's not millions. That's in the month. Of, that that's yeah. What are we talking about? Eight hundred twenty thousand deaths. Yeah, but twenty three, twenty four million cases. Anyway, just wanted to be accurate there. Jake, Jake, you have been owned with facts and logic. <laughs> yeah. No, no, very good. I just I just Ben Shapiro to you. <laughs> I just got I just got fact checked on my own, on my own goddamn podcast. <laughs> yeah. well, tune into Jacob and so on for the real fucking facts, okay? But uh, just to return to to Matthew's piece, um, uh, so the specific kind of tableau he's talking about is uh, the, the spring breakers. You know, they all wanted to go out and they did, and they you know we saw these these amazing videos of like like people who have either have COVID or have just gotten over it or are about to get it all out together. Um, so just enacting like total death drive, but, um, so he's kind of framing in a, in a, within the context of, of, uh, civilization and at this contents, the Freudian, the Freud book, uh, and the concept. But, uh, there's a part that I found very, found very interesting. And I think it links, um, to what we were saying earlier, where he's talking about the, 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 uh, youthful, um, 
uh, spring breakers are are not being they're not cutting against the grain. They're they're just enacting the the like contemporary neoliberal uh, injunction to to enjoy. Right? They're they're the ultimate. He calls them the ultimate Jewishers. The um, but then he makes an interesting statement that uh, there's nothing uh, inherently emancipatory about uh, a politics of transgression, right? Like they are, about they're transgression, transgressing, yeah. right? But transgression as such is not, is not necessarily an emancipatory project, just as say protests are, or these other kind of signifiers that were, that were given that we kind of assume or are told or uh, believe are kind of automatically um, moral uh, emancipatory uh, signifiers. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I actually, I found that to be like, I found that to be like, I think the, yeah, the theoretical nugget in that, because just to backtrack civilization and its discontents on the Reader's Digest version is that Freud thinks that there's a certain amount of repression, right? Of instinctual repression that is required for the smooth running of society, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have to add a question mark on that because I read it when I was like 18 and, um, discontent. I don't know if I, I, I don't think that it actually means that I read it. Um, there's been a lot of things that have happened yeah, you, since then, you know? You're basically a plant when you're 18. Yeah. Or, or in contemporary parlance, you're uh, what's called a yeah. super spreader. I've started, I've started to ironically refer to children as carriers. No? Well, we'll we're Can gonna, I get an amen on that? <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're going to find out. We're going to find out. I think the jury's still out on, on that. On, on that children. <laughs> on, chil- on children. Um... But like, but doesn't, but doesn't Matt, unless, unless I'm, I didn't, I get the sense that Matt was on some level turning that logic on its head. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't quite know how to respond to that, Jake, but I'm, I'm just looking at the Zizek article and this, this, uh, quote leaps out at me. Um, I'm just going to read it here. It may appear that at a time like ours, when the virus threatens us all, the predominant stance would have been that of the will to know the will to understand fully the workings of the virus in order to control successfully and to stop its spread. However, what we witness more and more is a version of the will not to know too much about it, insofar as this knowledge could limit our everyday way of life. So like maybe looking at it as an expression of what he's saying here as the will to not know too much about it, to kind of, as we were saying before, carry on as if we're still under the, you know, pre-COVID normalcy of yes, a, you know, a neoliberal order that compels us to enjoy in certain ways and to and to perhaps repress certain truths in certain ways. But what the COVID situation is doing is is rendering these things in a completely new light that gathering to enjoy in such a way doesn't can't mean the same thing it did before because it because it extends to it has implications that extend out to um I mean the the political order, the economic order, the social order. I know. I think I know what you mean. Like, like it, it takes the curtailing of our enjoyment in a certain sense, uh, just as it takes a uh, uh, limiting of our instinctual like like perception of our own freedom. If that if I can put it that way, maybe maybe in in our like uh, uh, maybe perhaps improperly, but but I think expanding the the Freudian notion of like the individual's relationship to the society kind of inverting that saying that like due to the kind of necessity of of 
that that COVID kind of bears on us, we need to accept those limitations. If that if that makes any sense to you guys. Well, yeah. And how about the instinct for fucking fear, like the instinct of fear of threat? I mean, you know, like it's so it's so obvious that this that this virus is an ontological threat. It's a threat to our very being. But the symbolic, our access to reality, the way the way that it's structured, has been changed by this ontological threat. But we but we can't secede that. We don't want to secede that, and that's why, Will. This it's a. I wrote down the same quote. It's like you'd think that it would appear. You know, it would appear that we would like we would want to know more about this and how it's changed things. But the will to not know is almost this like anti instinct. Like let's not be scared of the ontological threat and let's assume the structure of reality and our access to it, as before, because ultimately, it is about enjoyment will it is it is about enjoyment and 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 given the given the as you were saying earlier and where where zizek um ends up is that you know the kind of symbolic order that that was prevalent before covid has has changed and we're not we don't know in what ways but we know we're not even cognizant of that the fact that it's even changed but a, a changing of that order of a kind of new big other uh, compels us to enjoy in different ways. Well, we yeah, well, well we must, we we must. Yeah. Um, but but we also don't want to. <laughs> but there's an interesting there's an interesting uh, part where it's like, um, and this is to to Zizek's article. He's describing uh, the levels of this catastrophe, and of course the virus, like, is the kind of over determining factor, but the virus is not simply just a virus it's bringing it's it's bringing out all of the other latent or not so latent uh issues that are that are just like the complete like the horizon of the catastrophe of that that is the present society right now right and so like it's not one one thing that i came to mind when i was reading it was kamala harris the other night when she's accepting the nomination she says you know there's no vaccine for racism and it's a very it's a very i guess um useful kind of liberal phrase to to put it that way just as like when hillary was like if you do away with the big banks you won't do anything about racism um but then what came to my mind was uh there's almost not even a vaccine for this virus Mm -hmm. in that the virus like even if the virus goes away what it's already changed in terms of like the health crisis evictions um, unemployment, none of those will go away if there's a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the interesting thing about, like, so going back to, to Freud here a little bit and Zizek's point is that there's the, in a dream, the analyst is presented with the manifest content, which is the, like the content of the dream, the happenings. Then there's the latent content, what they might mean in context of the, of the dreamer. And then there's why everything would take the dream form in the first place, which is the unconscious desire, right? Which is the, the problem of unconscious desire versus conscious desire. So we have the two, the two forms of things that can, that can be interpreted and known to us, which are the manifest and the latent content. And then there's this sort of the, the real of the dream, which is why it's a dream in the first place. Which is ultimately, I think, that the, the the sort of the uh, the tripartite that we're we're, fo- we're we're forced to look at right now, which is we can analyze why certain latent issues are coming to light under the lens of COVID, how capitalism has failed, how systemic racism is 
is uh, you know is has has been here all along, and now we're suddenly awoken to its realities. But then there's the question of enjoyment, which none of us actually want to ask, insofar as we it becomes actionable. Is like, well, why do the things both manifest and latent? Why do they take this form in the first place? Right? Is there's there's a sort of elemental like the COVID on one level is the analyst, you know, or like, and we are the analyzant. Or COVID being a function of the real is like, why do any of these things take the form that they do? So it's not simply just about the classical critique of ideology that provides us with like, I think, substantial answers to why things work in the way they, you know, why certain things function the way they do in whatever arbitrary symbolic order, but why the fucking symbolic order that we have in the first place? So like, this is why I think that there's that there's something about COVID and enjoyment, um, and the real. That's that's that that that's so that that has to do with this will to not know. Is like, on some level, society might be approaching a point where society itself philo- it philosophizes, where it has to ask, what's the fucking point? Where we don't really understand why we do any of the things we do, why any of the structures that are in place. And, and why any of the master signifiers are there. We're go, we're, we, there is no subject supposed to know. And society will, maybe, through COVID, get to this absolute point of philosophy where they have to, you know, ask the question. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if you, if you ask these, you know, reactionary protesters uh, why they're doing it, you're going to get a, uh, an answer that... You're going to get an answer, right? But um, it it probably won't include uh, those kind of deeper latent issues. You're going to get the kind of veneer of the, the problem as it expresses itself in its, in its uh, multifaceted kind of offshoot form, but without actually hitting the kind of hard kernel, like what is it, the actual yeah. issue, yeah. the ontological issue. Yeah. And the, it seems like the, one of the points that Zizek is making in this article is that I mean that's that's the that's the demand that's the demand that COVID is placing on us to think through the kind of ontological implications of the COVID crisis, and that it, it sort of it, it it has changed our very concept of or our very experience of reality itself. Exactly, exactly. And so and so you know slap a slap a mask on your server and pretend like nothing's you know like yeah. nothing's wrong. But 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 I or think go all... into the restaurant and take take the mask off once you sit down. <laughs> right, right, right. But but these are all little concessions in on in the in the pursuit of the will not to know because ultimately we think that this will like like any other catastrophe that threatens us that there will just be a certain amount of time that will pass and then normal will reemerge. Normal to emerge, and normal for me is just about a, a way of enjoying. And I don't, and we don't necessarily need to use enjoyment in the literal sense, but I mean like how we understand surplus, you know, jouissance, like how we understand all this, how enjoyment is organized in society is essentially 2019. Let's just call it that. And most of us, you know, those who aren't being pushed, like like what's COVID, what COVID is doing for a lot for a lot of people is just delaying and suspending in between 2019 and the return of 2019 joe biden right yeah and we don't know how long that suspension is going to be 
but but there's a there's this little delay a glitch let's call it a glitch in the symbolic in the symbolic uh order and uh there are things that you can do to substitute right to put a mask on have your server wear a mask order more food uh order more takeout you you don't travel for two years you'll buy a nice struck tube desk and work from home um, you know, there are like little concessions that you can do to substitute what is ultimately been a rupture in your symbolic order, but it will only last, it will be sutured up for what, you know, a certain arbitrary amount of time in your mind before you can get back to your regular neoliberal enjoyment and the dreams that come along with them. But I think the argument here is that this rupture is much larger and more determinate and more original than the sutures that we're applying to them, right? Is like, what? Okay, so we're all wearing masks. And that has some latent, like, why do we wear masks? Most of us know why. But like, what's happening beneath the mask wearing? What's, why are we all wearing masks now? It's symbol, like, the symbolism is, is because it's like, it, the, the, I, what I'll call the manifest content and the latent content is quite obvious to us. But yeah, think, well, yeah, it's like on, on one level, it's like, oh, so you, you know, so you don't pass germs. Right. You don't spread the disease. Right, right. But there, but, what else, what, but what lurks behind the mask, which is to say, like, you know, it's the same thing as the ecological crisis as we were talking about in last episode. It's like, buy your green toilet paper, get a fucking toilet that, that somehow saves water, and, like, ignore the impending doom Right. And I think that the ecological one on some level is like maybe the time frame is a little bit less immediate than COVID. Sure. But for some people also, the symbolic order has not been this way anyway for a long time. You know, people who are migrating because of COVID, people who are migrating because of climate change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the my I'm sure. Well, I'm sure the mig the migrants yet to come due to COVID. Yeah. That's. Yeah. That. Well, it's just the dominant ideology is which is capital is sort of giving an opportunity to look at its at the real to encounter the real and the will to not know is fucking strong you know but what you were saying earlier jake about i forget how you put it the sort of attempts you use the word glitch i use glitched the, yeah the, yeah the attempts to sort of suture over it re-suture over it with the with the old symbolic order it reminded me of that of the the glitch in the matrix where where neo sees the black cat twice Whoa. that was the reference yeah right and what's happening there is that it's a kind of sudden awareness of the sort of workings of of the matrix that the matrix is at the same time working and not working so like in this context the the the, the covid can be seen as a glitch as kind of simultaneously working and the the working and not working of the of the constitutive symbolic order that in the glitch itself of covid you see suddenly that the that the order is working in this way and then after the fact you're you have you're you're forced with the with the situation of either suturing over it pretending as if it was a mere glitch or of seeing the the sense in which the glitch actually actually spoke something or or um, exemplified something about the order itself or the functioning of the order itself it's a good way right. of putting it's, it yeah it's it's like the real only actually sort of shows itself in 
the rupture of the symbolic, but it's not it's not itself a thing that we can locate mm. and grasp. It's only it's still within the symbolic. Yeah, and the rupture yeah. itself actually shows the efficacy of the symbolic. So for me, it, it, there was this great image, you know, for us, for those you know those listening, uh, our, the premier of Ontario is this guy named Doug Ford, and he was at one when we when when Ontario was moving into stage three, which essentially means that the economy is open again. Uh, he's standing six feet apart from four of the people that he's making the announcement with, and they're all wearing masks. And it's like, the message is, you're safe, we're going back to work, but they're all wearing masks and six feet apart from one another. And you're like, okay, this is the black cat, right? I see the mask. Who else sees the fucking mask? Yeah, you're yeah. telling me that I'm safe through the mask, <laughs> six feet apart from the people around you. This is not safe to me. And ultimately, the, our, our understanding of safe in the, in the symbolic order of, of yesteryear, uh, 2019 and up to February 2020, is no mask, we're all together, we talk freely, we talk loudly, we talk wet, moist fucking Moistly. words. Moistly, yeah? So what I'm saying is like the, 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 the rupture of the real is, is actually on some level worn on every mask. And you're like, but, but, but ultimately, the symbolic order has incorporated COVID in ways where it's like, yeah, your server's still going to bring you your hot wings and your beer, but she'll be wearing a mask. They'll be wearing a mask. Forgive me. Um, it's like it's I, I'm, I'm, like yeah. when when uh, the Simpsons are going to 18 Scratchy Land and the guy, the pilot is saying, well, welcome to 18 <laughs> Scratchy Land where nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, possibly. Yeah, that's yeah. the first thing that's ever gone wrong. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You see my point? Yeah. Well, it's that you said you said it's worn. It's worn on every mask, but it's also worn on every face without a mask, right? Like, because every face now is oh, yeah. is a face without a oh, mask. Yeah. You see, if like it, there's still the mask even when it's not there, because it's still some form of statement uh, when someone's not wearing. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And this is why I mean, and this is why like this is ontic, right? This is the ontic part of ontological is like. Whether you like it or not, something's happened. We see somebody without a mask on and something happens, right? We, we actually interpret it. We, we, we feel that on a, on a felt level, on an experiential level. And so when this is the case, when the virus is global, because this is the point of Zizek's article, which was the point of pandemic, the book that came out, what was that, in April? Yeah, he, he put he, it out he in He shot May? that one right out in April. Like a matter just of weeks. Fired so. out like a, you know, yeah. a t-shirt cannon, yeah, a t-shirt <laughs> gun to all the Zizek readers, way ready and and willing to read it, like With myself. Naked torsos, ready for his, yeah, <laughs> ready for the t-shirt gun of 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 his uh, intervention. But um, <laughs> um, uh, fuck, what was I, what was I gonna say? Um, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, that something had happened. Wait, I was, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was i just saying um pandemic what he say? oh what he's saying in this article rather and it, and it, and this and this is why it goes back to the book is that only a global approach will work is what he says yeah and yes crucial point crucial point we can't miss it and and it seems that nationalist and ideological isolation doesn't address what is clear to some of us as the universality of the issue of COVID, right? And, mm. and, and by extension, I always read the ecological catastrophe as well because I group them in, this, in, the same, in the same thing, which is like, there's not a single person to whom this doesn't affect. And I, you know, for COVID, I won't include the indigenous tribes in Papua New Guinea, but global warming does affect everyone, uh, climate change or, or whatever, the ecological catastrophe at hand. And 
what we're seeing with COVID is that there's like incredible national organization, right? We're seeing how each country responds to the thing. We're seeing, you know, by the way, Russia just named their their vaccine that was, did not go to straight stage three trials, Sputnik. Uh, That's awesome. So oh, the vaccine man. itself is becoming its own cold war. China is developing its own vaccine. By the way, China, I, I read a China. Uh, I read a I read a. Well, I, I, they're actually. I think they actually shot the first vaccinated uh, Russian into space. Oddly enough, but it was, uh, it was a dog. <laughs> it was a dog yeah. yeah, it was a dog. <laughs> um, but no, and 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 like the thing is, like we, the, what do they not think? The, do they think we're so fucking dumb that we didn't already understand the vaccine race to be a cold war? They actually went so far as to name it Sputnik. I I, I kind of like that, that they're just they're you know they're 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 just letting her letting her rip one more time, you know, like like vintage cold war, just dusting off dusting off the old cold war t-shirts and firing them right out the cannon. They're fucking pranking. It's a it's a prank, man. And, and, but, but what we're sorry, but my point, my point is here is that we're actually going to see. And so China, for example, um, like, did you guys see that pool party in Wuhan with like, it was tens of thousands of people at the pool party. Yeah. So, you know, the, ep, the once epicenter of the virus is got, they've gone down to zero communal or community transmitted cases. And it's, I read an article about, about China's response and like, it's a point of pride. I think, I think, I think having, having a party that's effectively a wet market is a bit too on the nose. Yeah. You don't have to keep that yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But so, but anyway, my, my point is that there, what happens when a caseload goes down to next to nothing is that manufacturing starts over again. The economy starts to get back to a relative normal and when you have countries who are not where you're at, you, your success in responding to COVID becomes an economic advantage. And, mm -hmm. and you can start to develop vaccines faster. Um, anyway, my, my, and children can go back to learning and, and it, you know, the, the list goes on. But we're, we're seeing that out of COVID is arising yet again, a capitalist competition. Yeah, so like I think just just to add on to that, and this is um, what Zizek brings up in the article is that what limits the global response is the um, well, it's neoliberalism, capitalism, but it's the it's the way that the that the government of each country um, their relationship to the market and to business, because in the neoliberal era. The government's basically hands off, except they facilitate the smooth functioning of the market, which in a way means they're ultimately responsible for it. So like when when those markets um, uh, take a hit due to COVID, they can actually sue the government. And that, and like we're seeing instances of that. And that's basically the perfect kind of microcosm of, of what kind of happens anyway. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I couldn't believe world, but yeah, all around. I couldn't believe when I read that. Yeah, we're seeing what is it? Uh, what was it Uber? Uber is suing. Fuck. Uber is suing the government of a state or a country for loss of profits, and perhaps Airbnb as well. Yeah, yeah, which is ultimately filters down into whether or not the individual is working. <laughs> And and I do think that the non-working rabble and the people who who don't have the option to work will be will be supplemented also by people who choose not to work. And that there are programs, at least in Canada, which are done in like basically six month uh, installments, which is like we're going to make it easier. 
we're going to get money into people's hands so they can pay their landlords. Okay, six months goes by. Now it's like, we're going to make it easier for people to, to we're going to open up the economy so that most of you have to work. And then we're going to make it easier for people to employ, or to apply for employment insurance. Six months from now, what's going to happen? Six months after that, what's going to happen? And I... What, what, jer- what, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just, I just think that, that like not all of us can be skip the dishes drivers, you know, and, and, Uber, and Uber Eats drivers. Like there is going to be a certain point 18 months from now or two years from now when the economy will not be of the same reality as 2019. And you're going to have a lot of people on your hands who can't work and so who can't afford to live. And, and it's not as if living costs are getting any less. In fact, goods, the prices of goods are rising as we speak due to the ecological nexus with, with COVID, right? We're talking about famine, drought, and fucking locusts here. Like, it's biblical proportions here. <laughs> and and I, this brings us back to, the, to Zizek's reasoning um, in reference to Badu, but, but, you... but the communist hypothesis is like, it's, it's at, like, at, at, at the, the core of the issue, it's a matter of who's included and excluded, right? And there's a greater and greater amount of people who are just simply going to be excluded. Right, right. And I wonder if there is such a thing, like, you know, this is a, I know that this is a, a limp version of communism, the people who hope, hope for the sort of perfect event, right? The perfect timing for communism. But, like, what happens when when that the people who are excluded becomes an increase? I mean, it's already a majority, but when it gets to a majority where something just happens, you know, where the resources are obviously there and so they're taken. Because like, you know, I mean, I've, I've been familiar now with that meme where it's like Jeff Bezos has enough, actually has enough money to like end world hunger for like four years or some shit like that. And you're like, what? That's crazy. But like, what happens when we need to take it from him? Or like when we stop using his, like when we just can know, like we can't use Amazon anymore. Or we can't use Facebook anymore. We can't. Yeah, well, I mean, what happens when 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 we need to take it from him? But it's gonna be really a shame when we guillotine him and you can't hold his head up with one hand because he has no hair. Yeah, yeah, you have to hold him by his eye, his eyelids. <laughs> yeah, well, in the question of what comes after, I mean, it's kind of impossible to to answer at this moment. But I think that we were Peter. You referenced earlier uh, Giorgio Gombin, the Italian philosophers. Uh, he wrote a. He wrote a piece in late February that honestly did not age well. It comes off as pretty hysterical. However, aged terribly. There are certain points that he was making that I think are are valid. And I came across a, a short interview he did, sort of clarifying certain points. And the question of what comes afterwards was answered pretty interestingly uh, by him to the interviewer. He said, "What worries me is not only the president, but what will come after." Just as wars have bequeathed to peace a series of nefarious technologies, in the same way it is very likely that governments, after the end of the health emergency, will seek to continue the experiments that they have not yet managed to carry out, that universities and schools close and give and only give online lessons, that we stop gathering and talking for political or cultural reasons and only exchange digital messages, that as far as possible machines replace all contact, all contagion between human beings. Mm. That's a good point. That's yeah, That's okay. I think it's already happened in terms of like, I mean, I mean, after the the initial couple months, the first time seeing my friends was like weird. Like we didn't really know what to talk about, and like that was only after two months, and so like I think that makes that that the kind of deep social implications of of 
a, a suspicion of everyone around you in a certain sense uh yeah are gonna be are gonna be deeply impactful um and just this idea of you know i mean so far the impact on on you know everything from elementary schools to universities has been you know basically catastrophic i think for education mm -hmm. yeah yeah um, the I idea can't... is that universities are going to close down and well i mean and schools as well but but universities i guess has more to do with my present experience being selfish but uh yeah it's a really sad idea to think about the fact that like we're all going to be completely atomized even though it was the trend and, but like yeah. this is like acceleration one well, and the way that he's he he's he brings in this term it's like instead of contact we have you know first social distancing and then it's replaced with this concept of contagion right yeah that well contagion the very yeah, idea the... of mixing with other human beings which which forms you know which is the basic you know next or being like, with or being situation. with yeah. yeah being with exactly yeah um is replaced with this with this you know like what's the word for um for being scared that you're going to catch diseases Ster hypochondriac sterility this hypochondriac. kind of hypochondriac yeah. relationship with the world copophagic no but 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 no but for for sure right is because that that what's what's implied in in our very relation is a certain is a certain metric of contagion be that be that of a virus but also of like a shared a sharing of experience and that's and that obviously for for agamben is something biological right but it's cultural and it's and it's symbolic and it's sociological um <clears throat> i mean this is where enjoyment comes in because i think like as the world becomes more and more atomized there's going to be the pressure will be about guaranteeing one's personal security which ultimately really is the the logic of capitalism which is guarantee your own security and then from that point you can then exactly. start to care about other people's security but what exactly because a government is saying like like look what look what we gave up you know so so immediately and i mean and of course it was for you know we all feel like it was for a reason right and yet look at the ease with which it happened it was this right 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 this is right this is a deep question right like this is a i think this is like par excellence a philosophical question right because like there's a certain sense in which we are committed to providing a certain answer based on the ideological position that we hold right like the right will say like oh any any limitation is is just a, a deep um affront to my personal freedom and you know the left whatever that means but people on the left will say you know we need to just we need to accept that this is the scientific reality we need to accept that there's something greater going on here than than merely our what we want to do and that there is a uh, there is there is a a deeply ethical and uh um truly like social act to to limit one's own um freedom in a certain sense but yes. like this is the like the like the philosophical question here is like like if we're you know from the left wing perspective um considering like not only the social implications but the actual like like the personal relationship you have to like your life um yes this is this is in some sense a kind of internal tension within um like the left position itself right because like it doesn't but one can be prone to believe that that uh that the one that an individual experience is just doesn't matter but like that's not what a what a truly nuanced perspective is but that like if you're in the kind of realm of the like 
just holding the party line on like Twitter or social media or, or whatever, um, often is reduced to just kind of um, holding these possessions without teasing out these like really complicated, deep philosophical questions that aren't that aren't really that aren't answerable by just the the mere political position that you hold. Well, I also think to to uh, supplement to that is to factor in the actual material sacrifices one would have to make in order to align their philosophical ideals and political ideals with their felt experience. And I don't mean to be so like sort of wishy-washy abstract sort of modern in my language, but like and I mean modern as a as a pejorative, but like felt experience here is like the left on some level can operate in the way that it has without having to make some significant fucking leaps, right? It's like, we wanted B Bernie, we get Biden. And I think like the analogy there is that the left on some level, we like, I know personally, myself and people included who can not necessarily hear to what they believe. But but believe it but believe it anyway right is is sort of like but but at what point is, are we also um, employing the will not to know right is like I like I think that 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 the left can be I have a, I have like, a, I know what you mean yeah do you know what do you know do you know what I mean like what I mean is that they're like we know a lot of people and I think we could even include ourselves that there's certain ways in which we personally enjoy and the way in which enjoyment and, and what is what we consider to be our own and what we're entitled to what I'll, what I'll, what I'll claim here is our future our very ideas of our future and our hopes for our future and the image of our future is something that we probably haven't yet we're not yet willing to sacrifice and the will, and well, the will yeah, but at the same time we've experienced a complete not complete but near complete foreclosure of of the concept of the future as we once thought of it, right? And a, and a little bit though, it's as like the, thumb your fuck. So what? So what? Yeah. yeah and then sure, the question is, at the same time. Yeah. But like that's the so what. But there's also at the same time, it's like, but like, okay, think about yourself. Think about like each person you know, and then like, but just and then you magnify it. But like, on what level? Like that's the tension, right? Like the so what? Yeah, like yeah, yeah we gotta fucking take it. We gotta accept that this is a limitation. But, like, it, there is something to be said, and this is the difficult. This is the difficulty here, of the ease in which we can give that up. Like, because can we really? Can we really yeah. give that up? Yeah, and and yeah, and I, I just want to read one more excerpt from that Agamben interview. He says, what happens to human relations in a country that accustoms itself to living in such conditions? And what is a society that no longer believes in anything other than survival? It is a truly sad spectacle to see an entire society confronted with an otherwise uncertain danger liquidate all of its ethical and political values on block. When, it, when all this is over, I know I will no longer be able to return to the normal state. And that, yeah, that idea, because I think we're kind of getting towards it, we're faced on the one hand with like, I think we, we haven't mentioned yet, but I think, you know, a, a massive mental health or mental life shift or crisis or catastrophe that is hard to measure because we, we all, we all feel it, you know, in our own singular way. But as he's saying here, you know, collected, this kind of collective liquidation of all these kind of ethical political values. And, and I think Jake, as you're saying, you know, 
enjoyment uh liquidating all this on block like what what does that i mean this is the question what happens yeah what, we... what, what are we yeah what are we besides those things right when we're, we're when we're we're the the surviving yeah yeah uh, is it is it just about survival yeah but no but it, but exact no but exactly but the other thing is to ask if 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 we are nothing beyond those things we need to we need to understand where those things come from and why they're articulated in the certain ways that they are and why we so, why we sort of so easily identify with them like like when i've when i've sort of compromised what i consider to be my future i also i'm like well why was that my future yeah, yeah, to be honest i actually haven't had to i haven't actually had had to compromise very much i didn't really have a very clear idea of where i was going and what i was doing so it's all what, what what ultimately this is just about a reenacting that yeah. question again, which is like you know what what are you doing with your life? But the but the thing is, it's like so I think these points can exist in in they can both be true and both might be worse. <laughs> yeah. So you know yeah uh, definitely which is my favorite reference. great but, way but of putting it. Yeah. It's like it's like you know of course I think the point is true that we are actually not more than the things that we have had to so quickly and with alacrity sacrificed. We're not, we are yeah. actually not necessarily more than our We can't not enjoy. Point. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We are not, uh, we are actually yeah. ideological subjects. We are ideological subjects fucking through and through. But why do we enjoy what we enjoy? And so the thing is, it's like most of our enjoyment is, has not actually had to consider how interconnected we are. And so the brilliance of, of, of COVID and, and I, sorry, interconnectedness, I, I really, I, I want to emphasize that back to this sort of element of contagion right, right. that Agamemnon's talking about. It's like our enjoyment has been fucking um, subverted. I mean, the table has been flipped, and now the. But but we realize is that our personal enjoyment, our own own most potential, our idealized futures involve a certain level of contagion, involve a certain level of interconnectedness, right? Which COVID has eliminated, and now we're just trying to with this suturing sort of. Assume the same coordinates of enjoyment, despite the table being flipped, d despite there being like a categorical and fundamental totally. shift, yeah. which affects yeah, yeah. us on this ontological and one more, level. And one more to follow that excellent point up, Jake. Yeah, keep hit, keep hitting one us because this is like you know yeah. uh, maybe maybe it's aged uh, not so. Well, this is actually it's from the very end of the Zizek article, but I think it's getting exactly at what we're trying oh, to okay. say here. He says, "This is the choice we have to make: Will we succumb to this temptation of the will to ignorance?" Or are you ready to think the COVID pandemic not only as a biochemical health issue, but as something that is rooted in the complex totality of our humanity's place in nature and of our social and ideological relations? Such a decision may include the realization that we will have to behave unnaturally and construct a new normality. And yeah, which, 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 by the way, I mean, it, it, it rings of because like, you know, Every broadcaster from here to Timbuktu since yeah. you know March fifteenth has been saying yeah, the yeah. new normal. You know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to embrace the new normal. But but what what but Zizek means something I think just like obviously nuanced here is that when we say when we said new normal previously or when we hear Rachel Maddow say fucking new normal, it's a, just about a it's a about a sort of um, an adjustment. It's about smiling with a mask on. It's about getting beer and hot wings with a mask on. But new normal for Zizek means, I think, a complete reorganization of enjoyment. And, like, we're watching globally, nationally, individually, people respond with 
with I think old ways an old core you know within an old system or coordinates of enjoyment yeah it's like the the answer is like you know joe biden but just slap a mask on him and that's it that's the answer right there okay we got we got i don't want to change anything i'm not going to everything was better before but i'm going to wear a mask yeah it's actually kind of fucking amazing. Okay, the the new conservative leader in Canada, his new his new tagline is "Take Back Canada," which is a half baked, limp dicked version of "Make America Great Again." <laughs> and, and, and what's amazing, as everything in Canada is, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, it's a, that's true. It's practically our tradition. But um, but but ultimately, like I'm like, oh my god, "Make America Great Again" has become sort of like the world's response to COVID. Like, just just you know, kind of extending and protracting the logic outside of Trump and America. It's like, we just want to go back. That's yeah, it's only like way Weekend forward. at Bernie's, you know, it's like, we, pretend this corpse is still alive. Yeah, 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 exactly. And like, like, like yeah, I made it. And uh, yeah, it and if only we could have actually had the weekend with Bernie, but, um, yeah, just, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, though, I, I think a comparable, I was going to bring this up earlier, but, um, I think a comparable situation, I, I mean, the most recent comparable situation that I can think of is 9-11, uh, which is obviously Big very time. different, but uh, in in many of the kind of just bare facts of the matter. However, it was a complete rupturing of the previous symbolic world order and and the the enacting of an entirely new one. And we're, st- we're still living within the aftermath of 9-11, or, you know, obviously well, it's changed just, more since will. COVID, we but... Always will. But like, but on you know on all levels, nine uh, eleven completely reshaped the world, and there's there was never any going back to before that to the nineties. No matter how many Friends episodes you watch, you're never gonna get <laughs> beyond nine eleven and that rupture. And this is this is just as, I, I think the closest thing, at least uh, in my lifetime, that I can remember that is comparable to the situation. Yeah, and in the, in the sense of what. You know, like the point that Agamemnon was making before, what we accepted in the form of like the Patriot Act and the way that the way that uh, America functions as the world's policeman, in the, you know, particularly in the Middle East, and the way that you know you go through an airport and the way that you just even think about you're already taking your shoes off and you're you know <laughs> yeah, it's like and... these things you, you don't even you don't even I mean not. Not everyone, but but one doesn't necessarily interrogate these things as being a matter of or the result of of what happened through nine eleven, and yet we and yet we now live in that world. And very and I guess this is what, what we're trying to get at here is like we're we're clearly passing through something here, and that, it's not like that's news to anyone. But in the way that we try to normalize everything, it's just kind of a function of being alive. It's a necessity even, but the, the very coordinates we have or the very tools that we have to normalize an event can't, they just can't apply to this one. They're not, they're not big enough. They're, they're outclassed or something. It's like, totally. it's like, it's like still riding a bicycle in world war two, you know? Well, no, I mean, those, those signifiers have been emptied of their meaning. Like, which is why, you know, when I, like, I just can't sit on a patio. I won't do it. I just can't do it. And I see people doing it. 
and and I'm like I'm thrilled I'm thrilled for them, but I'm also homicidal. Like I don't I'm like I just don't see it as part of my life right now. I can't enjoy like the other is enjoying. And when like so right now I think we're still reeling in a kind of what what I'll call an immediacy in which maybe even the will to not know isn't even it's just not even pronounced enough yet. But like when how at what point is this disavowal is riding a bike after World War 1? Uh when does it become obvious in its absurdity? When does it become when do the empty signifiers announce themselves as empty? And like like the stock market for example, how the fuck is it rallying right now? Like it's almost it's kind of it's like you you're like are you sure? Wait a minute. Are you sure? Well, it's a, you know, it's a sign without a referent, you know, it's like... Well, it's almost as if the profit of a very small group of people actually doesn't impact everyone else. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or you're like, it's like, a gov- the gov- you know, they're like, they just balloon the motherfucker with, 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 uh, with federal relief. But like, just to keep the illusion going. But I mean, man, how long? How long? How long can we keep the corpse going? Right, the uncle. Yeah. Well, they in 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 a broader um, framing of what you're saying, like the we're the it's the corpse of the the undead corpse of capitalism that we're all that we're all walking the, with right the, now. The necrophilia yeah. of capitalism, man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, perhaps without you know without beating a dead horse here, um, this might be a good point to wrap up our. Our cat, our um, apocalyptic conversation here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but any any kind of final final remarks, fellas? Uh, um, Jake, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just I was just like I'm I'm currently obsessed with thinking about uh, how I enjoy and why, and maybe I can encourage other people to do it too. I was I was um, thoroughly this enjoying is the big other here. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoying the Beach Boys earlier, so so that's that's one thing. That... It be nice? I woke up. <laughs> I woke up last week and I played Pet Sounds, and I probably haven't had a be- a better day since. Like that was one of the better days of my like of my last yeah. six months because I chose to wake up to the Beach Boys. Um, I got this. I found this new this music. mix on YouTube, Jake, of, of Pet Sounds, and it like it just makes the album pop. It's phenomenal. Some, I'm some, not gonna lie. The ones that are available on on Spotify like don't really. They're, they're not great. This one slap. I'll I'll send it to you after this. Some guy just remixed it and it it has depth and like it's bigger and like you hear all the intricacies of the music. Phil, Phil Spector sixty nine at, at gmail dot com uh, <laughs> remixed it. Uh, he would have definitely made it worse, but we <laughs> so don't have no, to get into no. we talk trashing Phil Spector can be a topic for for another Thanks. podcast. Yeah. Anyway, just before we end, uh, wanna wanna say thank you to our special patrons. You all know yeah. who you are. Uh, we love each and every one of you. Uh, um, we uh, especially our parents. Uh, <laughs> but um, hey, mom, if you're listening, no. <laughs> uh yeah and we we uh we you know are on all social media except facebook the uh facebook group got taken down because i guess they thought it was a fake account <laughs> uh so maybe i'll restart that soon and we got we got twitter no, patreon it's because we were too radical for facebook we're too real yeah i i may i guess i maybe should have done my q anon um 
stuff elsewhere, but yeah, yeah, we we didn't even talk about how how COVID is five G, but maybe <laughs> another time. Welcome to five G. You know, it's 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 fucking. You know, like I'm just if my mom and dad are listening, why the hell aren't you our patrons yet? <laughs> come on, you know on. what I mean? Uh, come on, yeah, exactly. On, Bravo. Mike. And how did you so, make it to the end of this episode? <laughs> we actually. Factually, we know. Factually, we know almost no one makes it to the end of this episode. So, uh, uh, thank you for for being one of the very few. And uh... <laughs> Thank you.